Hello and happy Mother's Day. If you're watching this on the day of broadcast, we're premiering this on Mother's Day of 2022. And let me just say this. Thank you to all the mothers out there because you make a huge difference. Where would we be without you? And I know that Mother's Day can be a time that is bittersweet. For some, it's wonderful. For others, maybe we're possibly like in my case, I my mom is waiting for me up in heaven. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the time when I'll be reunited with her again. But let me just tell you, the value of mothers is so important. And where would the motherly distinction be if not for children? And if there's anything that I've learned throughout my life, especially with my mom, is that there's that motherly instinct that kicks in. A mother, a good mother, will do anything for their children, and it's one of their greatest concerns. And so today I want to highlight that, and especially what one of their greatest concerns is, and that is the need of children today and being able to protect those children just like a mother would do. That's going to be the subject right now of episode number 44 of the Audacious Faith Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So great to have you with us as always. And I trust that you've been enjoying all of the episodes so far. Make sure you subscribe. We're trying to get our subscriptions up so we can reach more and more people. So click that little bell that's down there on the YouTube channel if you're on YouTube. And also make sure you share this with others and encourage them to do the same. Moms, thank you so much for all you do. And children, Oh, they are the light of our life, right? They can bring joys, also some challenges, also some sorrows. And I really want to highlight where it is with children today in the United States of America and even around the world because let's face it, if there's anything that we know about moms, and that is that they go to protect the children and they need some protecting today. And these are some concerns that I definitely want to share with you as we look at Scripture together on this episode of Audacious Faith. I want to go ahead and I want to refer to a passage, kind of a key passage that we're going to launch this off of today, and it's found in the book of Mark. And in Mark chapter 10, it says, beginning at verse 13, that there was one day when there were some parents that brought their children to Jesus. Now, this is important, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that all of you parents out there, hopefully of audacious faith, are understanding. Do not wait when it comes to having your children understand about how we have a loving father who loves us so much and the importance of that love sending his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to do everything for them because he loves them. This is so important. You know, children, just like all of us as adults, we know from the very youngest memories that we could possibly have, we were really looking for one thing, right? Environmental changes that may have been different. I mean, some of us grew up in certain types of backgrounds or homes and others that were kind of different. But let's face it, there's one thing that we have universally in common, and this is true for children and adults all around the world, no matter what culture, no matter what language, and that is that we are looking for love. And not just love, but secure, unconditional love that comes to us and it's there no matter what. 
no matter what we're going through. Children especially are looking for this. And it's something that they really come out of the womb thinking that will be there. Uh, if it's not there, that changes things over time. But you've seen a baby that, that comes out and, and the parents are just doting over them and, and they're going to and catering to their every need and every whim. And, and you see a happy baby, right, that'll be smiling and will be laughing and all of this. And one of the worst nightmares for a mom especially or any parent is that when people come along and will do something that is harmful to that child. It's our job as parents, right, to have that concern more than anything else to protect our children. The Bible tells us train up a child in the way that they should go and later on in life they will not depart from it, right? So this is some things that are very important and we find that Jesus saw that parents had brought their children and they did it for a specific reason. They wanted the touch of the Lord and Savior to be upon their children. I hope that is the prayer that each one of us has, not only for our children, but for that child that's in that family next door, for that child that is a cousin or, or is a niece or a nephew, uh, for that child of your best friend, children that you come in contact with, if you're educators in the school systems or or in any school where you are, or possibly you're a Sunday school teacher, or you're doing children's ministry, or, or whatever it is, our heart needs to be there and be mentoring and be praying for children. So that's what these parents did. They brought their children hoping for a touch from Jesus so he could touch them and also so he could bless them. Are you praying for your children today? I want to encourage you to do that. As people of audacious faith, don't underestimate the power of prayer. That's where the power is. And we need to be praying for our children that God would give them a heart of understanding, that he would bless them, that he would put a hedge of protection around them from those who would want to do harm, and that they would grow up being people of faith that walk with him on a consistent basis. Now, even though these parents, these well-meaning parents had done this, we find that the disciples didn't necessarily think that this was a good thing. The disciples and followers of Jesus that were around, they thought, and they fell into the trap that many of us fall into today, thinking that there's more important things than the children. There's adult things. There's real-world things. There's real problems right? Have you ever had that and fallen into that temptation? A child will come along and they're all upset about something that seems to us as adults to be nothing, right? You know, somebody, oh, you, you be in the car and maybe you have multiple children in the car and all of a sudden you hear, stop! And you're like, what are they talking about? He's looking at me he said something to me. He made a face at me. And as adults, we're thinking to ourselves, are you kidding? These are not real problems compared to the problems that we face in adulthood, right? And we tend to minimize. We tend to think that what children are going through is not a big deal. And we tend to think that, hey, you know what? We'll pay attention to you when you get up to adulthood and have some real problems. And we don't have patience for it. The disciples, they fell into that same trap and what they ended up doing was they said they, they saw the parents coming and wanting to bother 
Jesus, it says. The disciples, it says, scolded the parents for bothering him with the children. Now, I don't know about you, but it may be the case that you find that in your circles, children are just put to the side. Some people say it's best to be seen and not heard when it comes to children. And often children are mistreated as well. They're not only ignored while the parents go about their regular business. The adults do their important adult things. Um, Often people are so caught up in the drama of their own life that they don't have the patience and they don't have the time to show the compassion to listen to a child, to actually be there, to show them that they have some value and what they're going through is actually important. That's the trap that these disciples also fell into. But the real question that we have today isn't so much what people do. The real question is, how does Jesus feel? And it says in verse 14 of Mark chapter 10 that when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry. Now, note this. He wasn't just displeased. He wasn't just a little bit disappointed. He was angry. He literally was angry with his disciples, and he said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Friends, we got to get back to seeing the importance of children knowing the love of God, being able to communicate to that them, spending time with them, sharing the love of God with them. Because you know what? If you're not paying attention to your children and getting them the right information and the right things in their life today, just be rest assured that other people are. They are paying attention and they're trying to get their own ideas in there, ideas that often do not follow the truth of God. There's a lot of people out there that are hurtful. I know that as a small child, I was able to go in my neighborhood and I was able to ride my bike and ride around a few blocks, even as a young child. You wouldn't let children do that today in many areas where you are, depending where you live. I know here in Southern California, that would be a very foolish thing to do because you never know. There's people that are out there that are looking to hurt children. And there's people out there that we're seeing in our country as well that are estranged from God and are not people of faith and and often have some ideas that that really are anti what the Bible tells us is important and, and is the way that leads to a blessed life and encouraging life. You see, God has given us things in, the, in his word that help us to understand how it is we're supposed to live. And when we violate those principles, not only does it bring bad times upon us, but it also causes unhappiness. The word tells us in Psalm number one that the blessed person, the happy person, is going to be the one that's not listening to advice that comes from the ungodly or walking in a sinful way or holding the wrong views, but someone who delights in God's word and his truth, and they're reflecting on that and they're living according to that day and night. And you know what? Most people come to that faith before the age of 18. Now, that does not mean that if a person is an adult and they have yet to know God that it can't happen. It's just that the overwhelming percentage of people that come into a relationship with God actually do that while they're still considered a child or a teen. So Jesus, he he saw this and he told his disciples, he said, "I, I need to tell you something. Anyone who does not 
receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You see, adults, what we do is we still need to have childlike faith. People come along and they're often just so caught up in what it is that they're doing on their regular basis that they don't have time to any longer consider the faith that could possibly be true for them. There's a hardness of heart that has occurred over disappointments and failures and sadness and things that have been hurtful in their life. Maybe you're listening to me right now and that's been true for you. Let me tell you, God says, you know what? Get that innocence back that you had as a child. Get that wonder, get that dare to believe, get that dare to dream and get it all back like you did as a child. A child will believe many things. Now, one of the things I want to discuss today is how important it is for us to be involved with the children and watch over them because of what I just told you. Children have childlike faith. Isn't that true? Now, I don't want to burst anybody's bubbles here today. And so if I throw out some mythical things and and you get upset or if your children are listening and you don't want them to hear this, then maybe you should press pause until they leave the room. But children... Just have childlike faith. We know that, right? For example, I'll just tell you this one. And again, don't be mad at me, okay? But if you tell a child when their tooth falls out that if you wrap it up in something and you stick it under a pillow, a tooth fairy will enter into the room in the middle of the night and will remove that tooth and they'll replace it with money Your child believes you. Now, why do they believe you? Because the tooth does disappear, and it does get replaced with money. But of course, most of the time, it's you as the parent or someone else who actually does that, right? But the child doesn't sit there and say, oh, you're telling me a story. I'm not going to believe that. Are you kidding? No. A child just believes that when you tell them something, it's true. If your child is standing up on a bed or they're standing up on a a sofa in the living room and all of a sudden they're, they're up there and you hold out your arms and you say, jump and I'll catch you. What does the child do? The child jumps into your arms and laughs as you catch them and then gets back up there and wants to do what? They want to do it again, right? Because they don't even think for a second until life hits them in the face in a very rude way that you're going to hold your arms out and then when they jump off and jump to you that you're going to pull your arms back and you're going to let them fall on your face. No, children have childlike faith until they're hurt. And it's unfortunate that in this world there are many that are unhappy. There are many that have been hurt themselves. There are many that are estranged from God and we need to be praying for them that they would find the peace and the love that comes from God because they're unhappy people. And it's sad that in the world where sin is rampant, there are many that also want to then take that and hurt others. And one of the easiest targets to do that with is children. Children are very exploited in our nation of the United States today. They're exploited for money because of things that they're going to want them to be able to purchase. They're exploited with medications that they don't need and with treatments that they don't need. 
so that that the pharmaceutical companies will be able to have them pay for these things for life because they'll be dependent on it. Children are often exploited, and children are recruited to ideas and are very fragile at the things that they're being taught. So we need to be extremely careful and prayerful and watching over our children today. Jesus said, we are to come to him like a child. And then I notice here in verse 16 something that is really encouraging to me. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads, and blessed them. That's pretty awesome. Maybe some of you have seen the artistic depiction of that particular scene. I know that when I first got here at the church where I am in El Monte, California, many years ago, right behind where I am, um, the building has since been remodeled because there was a fire many years ago. But there used to be behind me, way towards the back before the platform that you can see behind me, there used to be a wall that was there. And in that wall, there was a stained glass window. And that stained glass window depicted the scene that we're seeing right here in Scripture that I've talked about today. And that's Jesus sitting down, and the children knelt before him, and Jesus holding a child in his lap, blessing that child with his hand on his head, and praying for that child. What a tender, wonderful scene. Maybe you went to uh, church as a kid, and you sang things like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Or maybe you sang the song, Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. All of these things are true, and they come from this passage that we're actually discussing here in Scripture today. And I love the thought that Jesus took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Now, let me tell you this. Just like it says that in this passage that people come as a little child and have that childlike faith, I now want to talk to some of you that are adults out there. You know, I had this dream a few years ago, probably about three years ago, that has really stuck in my mind. And it's strange that it did. It shows you how dramatic it was because like most adults, I get woken up by my alarm and often I may remember that I was dreaming, but as soon as I wake up and I go to do something, I often forget kind of what I was just dreaming about unless it was really dramatic. Well, there was this one morning where... I had this dream, and it was kind of strange. It's hard for me to even describe it to you, but somehow, picture this, I was out in the middle of an open field somewhere. That's all I remember. And there was not really anyone directly around me. And there was this kind of, I don't know what it was, if it was an altar or what it was in the middle of this field. It's hard for me to really put the pieces together. But I just remember that somehow whatever it was, it represented God. And I'm not telling you to do this in in real life because that would be a little bit weird. We don't worship like idols or things. But at that particular moment, I just held on to it because I needed God so very, very much. And in holding on to it, I had this feeling, probably a feeling that I hadn't had since being a very small child. 
And that is that feeling that I could just feel the comfort and the security and the love and the peace that came from God kind of all around me. And any tension, any worry, any anxiousness, any possible thing that I could have been feeling that would cause me to feel anything except complete comfort and peace at that particular second, it was a feeling that all of that was gone. Now, it's very hard for me to describe to you because let's face it, as adults, we very rarely feel that way. I mean, there's always something. There's always something uneasy. But as a child, isn't it true, hopefully you were able to have this experience, that if you cried or if you fell down or something was upsetting and you were all tearful up and you went to a parent and they gave you a big hug and you just kind of rested in their arms and everything at that moment suddenly would feel all better. Why is it that we have lost that as adults? And you know what? We don't need to. God has told us that as little children, we can go to him and rest in his arms. I see this picture of Jesus just holding them in his lap, blessing them and comforting them and placing his arms around them. And I think, man, we can still go to God as that little child. Because isn't it true? Isn't it true that although we are older and sophisticated and we have many walls that we've put up, that deep down inside, in many ways, we're still that little boy or that little girl that we were back then. It's just a lot of water is crossed under the bridge. There's a time when, just like these children, went to see Jesus. There's a time when it says we're going to be able to go to heaven and we're going to be able to be in the midst with him. He's going to be there in the midst of his people. We're going to be there with our God. And we're going to be in the presence of Jesus. And we're going to see him face to face. And we're going to hopefully be able to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And when that time comes, every tear, it says, is going to be wiped away. There's not going to be any more pain or sorrow or suffering or any of the other things that we go through in this world. It's going to be a time when we're going to once again be comforted, hopefully, like we found a few times during our childhood it's going to come again. So I encourage you to seek that out now. And as we go ahead and start wrapping this particular episode up to a close, I want to ask you, do you know that you're a child of God? Have you come into a relationship like a little child with childlike faith, not coming to God with anything that you have to offer, but knowing that Jesus who loves you gave himself completely for you? That's a relationship that God wants to have with you that Hopefully, each and every one of you listening to my voice right now has. But if not, I want to encourage you to seek him, for he's waiting for you. Just like the prodigal son, who the word says went off and started trying to find everything else to do in life that would make him comforted, but then he ended up coming up empty. And as he started to take one step towards the father, and the father saw him a way off, he came running. God is waiting for you. God wants us to have that relationship, that comfort. He wants to rejoice just like the father in the story of the prodigal son and be able to say, this is my son. Once he was lost, but now he is found and there's going to be rejoicing in heaven. God wants that type of relationship with each and every one of us. So I want to encourage you, if you do have it, praise him, pray with him every day. Spend your life knowing that the greatest comfort you can have is by being in his presence. But if you're here and you don't have it, I want you to reach out to me or someone that you can trust that you know has this relationship 
and make sure that you understand how to have your sins forgiven and have that relationship with God today. It's so important. You can't have audacious faith before you have true faith to begin with. Feel free to contact me at Senior. That's J-A-Y-G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R-S-R at gmail.com or look me up by that name on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. I want to have a contact with you. Make sure you share this podcast. And I hope that no matter when you're seeing this, you've had a happy Mother's Day. God bless you all. This has been the Audacious Faith Podcast. Till next time.